Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Green Forest, and I am so excited to welcome our very special guest today, Holly Mignosi. I actually met Holly at the New Media Summit. She is a badass dancer, but even more, she is a badass speaker, storyteller, and body language expert. She helps speakers and experts increase their influence and impact through the art of hypnotic body language and the neuroscience of storytelling. With a combined 30 years experience as a celebrity modeling and acting coach, fitness trainer, and public speaking coach, Holly has helped over 250,000 people to embody their message with presence, power, and passion. She imparts experts with proven charisma skills, storytelling techniques, and uncovers hidden talents tapping into their signature star power on stage. Her techniques help clients land prestigious speaking gigs, powerful partnerships, and global connections. She's the CEO and founder of the Dynamic Dream Life Group, and we are going to welcome Holly to the show. Thank you so much, Holly, for being with me today. I'm so excited to see you in person again. The last time we were together, we were dancing our butts off on the yes, dance floor. Yes, we were. And so thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Emerald. It is an honor and a privilege. And yes, it's so great to see you again on the dance floor and off the dance floor having some fun. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you're here because one of the things that really stood out for me when you got on the stage was, of course, you embody charisma. You truly show up and shine. But more importantly, there was some backstory that you brought. You literally only had a minute a minute and a half to pitch to the icons of influence. I was one of the icons of influence at that event. You literally only had a minute to a minute and a half and you told such an impactful story that I was like, not only is she got star power, but the story is also got star power. So I want to ask you if you would please to just give our listeners a little taste of what inspired me to ask you to be on the show. Oh, well, thank you so much, Emerald, and thank you for all those compliments. I really appreciate it, and it's, it's come through lots of history <laughs> to kind of all come together. So I would love and be honored to share with the listeners. So my story is one really of addiction to entrepreneurship. I couldn't stop using cocaine. Because if I did, I would literally lose my job. Now, most people go, what? Wait, wait, wait a minute. It's supposed to be the other way around. <laughs> But I was a modeling and acting coach, and I was modeling and acting myself. So I loved my job. By day, I was doing fashion shows. I was emceeing fashion shows. I was doing some local TV commercials. And by night, 
I was helping aspiring models and actors of all ages break into the business, master their craft, and really pursue their dreams. And I was only 20, about 22 years old. I was making good money and I loved what I was doing until one day my boss called all of us runway coaches into a room and he announced that he was taking the company global and he wanted to ha actually have the number one modeling and acting company in the world. And in order to do that, we all had to look like celebrity models and actors. And that's the moment where I knew I was in trouble because celebrity models are 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, I was 5'8". And celebrity models have a very specific body type, very long and lean and willowy. And let's just say my natural physicality is much more athletic and more curvy. And so what he did is he took each and every one of us and began to measure us with a measuring tape publicly in front of one another. So first, the first runway coach went up and her measurements were perfect and I knew they would be. And he said, oh, perfect, you know, step on down. And then the next runway coach got up on the runway and he measured hers perfectly and she was perfect. And he said, perfect, come on down. And then it was my turn. And when he measured me, my hips were not one, not two, not three, but four inches too big. Now to you and me, that may seem like nothing, but in the modeling world, it is everything. And he turned away from me, looked at everybody else, my peers, my coworkers, my friends, and he pointed to my hips and he said, if any of you have this problem, you're fired. You better fix it or you're out. And so at that moment, I felt humiliated, publicly shamed. I was the bad apple of the bunch, and I decided, like most of us do in a moment of intense pain, I will never feel like this again. I am absolutely committed to figuring out how I can lose weight. And so I tried everything, exercising, dieting. I read every you know, book on how to lose weight and tried every pill, powder, and shake on the market, but nothing worked because I was already a size four. I was already small. And it wasn't until someone gave me a little bag of cocaine and she said, try this. And you know what, Emerald? It worked like a charm. <laughs> Within just a few weeks, all of a sudden, I was strutting my new sleek physique. I was getting compliments from my coworkers, accolades from my boss. I got a promotion. I made more money. And it was like my career went to the next level, which is really quite sad because on the inside, I knew I was a fraud. I knew that if I quit, I would gain the weight back. And I also knew that I wasn't being my best me. I was going to bed with headaches, heart palpitations, sleepless nights. I was nervous. I didn't want anyone to find out. I mean, I was hiding all of these things and it was just beating me up inside. And I did this for 10 years. I would use and then go off of it and then use and then go off of it. And it wasn't until the day that it really got dangerous that I decided I needed to change my life. And that day was the day that I walked into my home after partying all weekend with my then husband. And we had a three-year-old daughter. Now, I was able to quit using drugs while I was pregnant and when she was little. But then very quickly, there were some problems in the relationships and I went back to that old frenemy, cocaine. And unfortunately, we, start, we started using together. So we were out partying all night and we had a live-in nanny who stayed with our daughter. And when I walked in, she said, Mommy, play with me. 
And I was so tired, so exhausted, but half out of guilt and half out of love, I said, okay, I'll, I'll play with you. And we sat down and played tea party. And after a little while, I got thirsty. So I got up to go to the kitchen. And when I came back, she was gone. And my husband had gone off to bed. So I went into her room and she wasn't there. And then I went into the bathroom and she wasn't there. And my bedroom door was open just enough, like just a couple inches. And you know that intuitive mom feeling or that intuitive womanly feeling where you're like, something's wrong. I just know something's wrong. And I opened up the door to find her sitting on the floor in her little pink tutu, three years old, holding my drugs, Mm -hmm. our drugs, in her hands. And my heart sank into my stomach. And I thought, oh my God. And I, I ran to her and I got lucky. I checked her mouth. I checked the bags. There was nothing. She had not ingested anything. I had gotten there just in time. And then all of a sudden I had this like divine download is what I call it. And I heard this voice and I saw this vision of this future that I did not want. And all of a sudden it was like, what if I hadn't got there in time? What if she had ingested something? What if I had to call the police? What if they called CPS because we were both high? What if they took her away from us? What if she ended up in foster care? And then the worst question of all, I heard, what if she ends up like me? And I didn't like the answers to any of those questions. And I knew in that moment, and I heard loud and clear, you must change now. And then I looked over at my husband just for a split second. And then that voice went, "Uh uh-uh, not him, you. (laughs) You are the only thing that you can change. And in that moment, I committed to three things. One, I was going to quit drugs. Two, I had to leave my marriage. And three, I needed to leave the only career I'd ever known. And I had to do all three at the same time. I had no idea how I was going to do it. Beautiful. Well, as you can tell, ladies, there's a reason why I brought Holly on. (laughs) Super powerful story. And I want to dive in just a little bit because I know that the people who are listening to this, there are some of us who are listening to this who may have stories like this themselves. Similar, you know, I myself had cocaine issues in my 20s. There may also be women listening who are in that phase of their life, in their 20s, who are in a situation where they don't know any better. They don't know that they actually have choice and they're in a personal power struggle with an employer that has expectations that are tied to their livelihood like you had. And so I really feel strongly that I want to talk about that piece because you help people with storytelling and body language and all of those things. It just feels to me like you have something to share around how can we empower younger women who are faced with a situation like that? Yeah, there's so many layers of different things that were happening in there. So my first message, my first plea, if you will, is go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. So in my situation, the enemy was actually not my boss. And the enemy wasn't the industry. Because I will say in like a different point of view, right, is that the industry was perfect for women who have been shamed for being too thin. It's perfect for those women who have been shamed for being too tall. It's ideal for them. 
But my enemy was actually perfectionism, two, two ways. Perfectionism, trying to be perfect, trying to be something that is unattainable. And two, lack of self-love, really craving, belonging so much that I was willing to sacrifice my own self-care, my own self-love in order to get acceptance, which was, by the way, very shallow, from my peers and someone who I admired, who was my boss. And at that young age, you're so impressionable. So if I could say two things, one is don't blame your circumstances. Your circumstances are there. The external world, the situation you're in is there to teach you something. And I truly believe the biggest lesson that I got out of this is that my adversity was divinely, divinely designed to be my greatest victory. I had to go through the pit to figure that out. And truly, we all kind of do. So I got lucky. There were many times when I could have died and anyone who uses drugs could probably nod their head right now and say the same. Yes, there's many situations where I probably could have died and I didn't. Or my bad choices could have harmed somebody else, whether it's my daughter or somebody else that I'm with. And that didn't happen. So obviously I'm here for a reason. And so if you're listening to this and you're feeling a connection to you know, my environment is making me be something or do something that just doesn't feel right. Know that there's a lesson, a powerful lesson there for you. And listen to your own North Star, I would say, that guiding light. And then the second piece to it is don't beat yourself up. I went through years, years, over a decade of shame at being a bad mom, making bad choices about my health, hiding from my family. I didn't, my mom and dad were great mom and dads. I didn't want them to know. I, I was afraid they would feel like they did something wrong. And so the, the second piece to it is shame. Get rid of your shame. And how do you do that? By sharing. Mm. You share your story. Mm. You share it with others from the perspective of this is what I've been through and this is what I learned so that I can help you if you're in the same pit so you can come out of it and reach the pinnacle or so you can help someone you know. Mm. Because addiction has, if it hasn't touched one of us personally, it probably has touched someone in our family. And there's lots of different forms of addiction. It could be food, gambling, sex, drugs, you know, could be Netflix, whatever. (laughs) It could be all kinds of things. But it affects so many of us. Mm. So share your story from the perspective of, hmm, yeah, this is what I can learn from this. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. Holly, we're already at the break. It's amazing how quickly this goes. So um, when we come back, we're going to talk more about your business and how you have not only transcended this uh, storyline, but you have actually blossomed into somebody who is creating such huge impact and helping so many other people to get to their core story and then deliver it with pizzazz. Let's put it that way, with pizzazz and star power. But right now we're going to take a break. Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I want to say a big thank you today to our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I have my list of 26 countries, so we're going to shout out today to our listeners in Slovenia, and we'll be right back with Holly Mignosi. 
The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Holly Mignosi. We can find out more about Holly at her website, hollymignosi.com. And she actually has a little gift for us there, forward slash hot 15. That's the number one five. We'll put that into the show notes for you. So Holly, can you briefly tell our listeners what that gift is? And then we will dive in a little bit to how you help people to craft their own story and to use body language to convey it. Absolutely. I would love to. Well, part of crafting a powerful, captivating story or a talk is body language. So what I have for you is the hottest 15 hand gestures that you can use right now. And you can use them not just for your talk or your story, but I would suggest to start implementing them right now in your daily conversations, even on a summit, even on a podcast, and even one-to-one. It'll make you more captivating, more charismatic. And studies show that when we're speaking to either one person or a large audience, our hands are our trust indicators. And in business, we talk a lot about that know, like, and trust factor. So if you can use your hands in a very specific way, it boosts trust with the other person watching and listening. So in addition to the hottest 15 hand gestures, you'll also have five hand gestures to never use. So you'll get both sides of the coin. I love that. That is such a hot tool. Thank you so much for bringing that to our listeners, Holly. I'm going to download that myself right away. What things to say, what, what hand gestures to use and what hand gestures not to use. I can guess there's at least one of, I can guess one of the not to use one. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Well, Holly, before we went to the break, we talked a little bit about, you know, first, of course, your personal story, but then we talked a little bit about how you help women who are, or I'm sure you maybe help men as well, who may have a story that they need to share. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you got into this field of helping people in this way? What inspired you to create your own business when you left the field of modeling and acting where you knew it was time to be done with that? Can you talk a little bit about that story, like the bridge from there to here, and then in the last little few minutes, how you're helping the people that you help all over the place? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you for that. And now that I look back on it, you know, looking backwards, it definitely looks like a logical step-by-step progression. But what happened was when I decided I needed to leave the modeling and acting industry, I knew I needed to get healthy. 
and I knew I needed support. And I knew that I needed to do it differently than I had been doing in the past. So I hired a personal trainer. And working with him, he was tall and dark and handsome and highly motivating to not miss one session, let me just tell you. (laughs) His name was Tom, the trainer. And working with him was the first time that I really started to feel good about myself from the inside out. He was complimenting me for being strong, not skinny. He was complimenting for me for being healthy, not what I looked like on the outside, but really healthy on the inside. And within four months of working with each other as a personal trainer and client relationship, he said, I think you should do this as a business. You should be a personal trainer. And I said, you're right. I can use everything that I've learned about helping women be their best and marriage it with this. And then within just a few months, we opened a business together. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah, under under 6 months we opened a business together. And our very quickly our passion for health and fitness turned into a passion for each other. And within 3 years we were married and we've been together ever since and we have a son together. So we're still married today. Oh, it's a love story. <laughs> I love that. So you have yeah. had so much divine intervention in your life. Oh, amen. Holly. Amen. Amen. I love Absolutely. that. Well, I want to talk about divine intervention because one thing that I believe is that if there are people out there listening who are meant to be my clients, divine intervention is going to bring them to me. And if there are people who are meant to be your clients, divine intervention is going to bring them to you. So what I'd love to have you talk about here is how you tune in to divine intervention, right? So some of us are feelers, some of us are, we get the vision, some of us hear things. I'd love to hear how you have cultivated trust in your own divine intervention, right? Speaking of trust and gestures that exhibit trust, how do you cultivate more and more trust in your own divine intervention? And do, is that something that you also help your clients with? Hmm, beautiful. Thank you. You know, I think you have to have a deep layer of trust to do the kind of work that I do. On the surface level, it's very fun and easy. It may seem, you know, to go up on stage and use body language in a certain way and to really have fun and really connect with the audience. But in, to be able to help women to go deep into their story, to remove guilt and shame, and to show up with true authenticity, I call it opening the kimono, where you really just say, here I am, this is my story, this is what I've been through. There is an implicit level of trust in oneself and in divine, divine trust. And it absolutely is a through line with every person that I work with. I don't think you could do that work without it because there is such a generosity. A person on stage sharing their story, the the pit to the pinnacle, the dips that they've been through, they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it to share generously with somebody else to help them. And so I think even as a little girl, I was very lucky, I would say, to have just been born with a strong connection to spirit. I hear things, I see things, I feel things, absolutely. And I will say that while I was using, that connection was disconnected. Mm. I felt like I was losing all of my spiritual connection. I couldn't hear God. I couldn't feel God. Although I know that Holy Spirit and God was still there guiding me every step of the way, I didn't feel as close. And so now... My daily practice includes meditation. It includes a lot of moving meditation. It even it includes art meditation where I draw and color. Mm. 
the things that I want, that I feel. And the, I, sometimes I'll draw even and color pictures of myself on stage with all the people that I'm connecting with, and they're all demonstrated as hearts and love. So it's a very multidimensional experience, I guess, and prayer. And I'm very open with all of my clients. Oftentimes we start all of our coaching sessions with prayer, meditation, and an intention. And it is something that I look for. It is as far as a match. I do look for that in people that I work with because you're going to have to depend on the faith within in order to move through fear of being seen, fear of not knowing what to say next, fear of somebody calling you out. And those are just generally fears. And typically when we do take the stage, people don't see you in fear. They see courage because they know how much it takes to share and open the kimono like that. So that's kind of the paradox that people feel fear, but it, it doesn't feel courageous, but it looks courageous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got that right. Well, I think it is courageous, Holly. I think anytime that you're willing to A, go through the story and then B, share the stories, it requires heart. It requires heart. I know that you mentioned before we started the show, this little quiz on body language. I don't know that we have enough time to do all the questions, but can you tell us a little bit about the, the game, this little game that we're going to play right now? Yeah. And these are questions designed to help people understand their own body language. Is that what you were telling me? Yeah, it's actually a fun little quiz. So we, you and I can play and listeners can play along as well. And I call it kind of testing your body language, EQ or IQ. And we could do a couple of the questions and see what the audience feels as well. So I would encourage you to play along if you're listening to this. I'll just ask some simple questions around alpha body language for women, which is a little different than body language for men. So we're testing these things. And of course, you know, I'll give you the correct answer so you'll know. And what's so fun about this quiz is that you can start using it today. You can use it when you go to a networking meeting. You can use it at home. I even use these things in the grocery store, believe it or not. (laughs) So it's really fun. It's a way of stepping into your leadership skills, your charisma, and recognizing it in others. Beautiful. Let's play. Okay. So here we go. Ready? My first question. Who is better at reading body language, men or women? I'm going to guess men. It's women. Damn. (laughs) Okay. And here's why. They actually did some research and they took two groups, all men and all women, connected them to some electrodes and said, go ahead and read the body language here. And what they found is that when men are reading or observing body language, their brain lights up in about eight different places. But when women are reading body language, their brain lights up in 15 different places. So we're literally using twice as much brain power to decode what are the subtleties? What are the little things that she's doing that are indicating I'm a leader or I'm scared? I'm interested in you. I'm not interested in you. So literally men do not read body language as well as women. That is why when a woman walks into, let's say a restaurant or a bar, and she's doing what I call marketing herself, she's making herself available to other men, the first people to recognize it is other women. All right, I hear that. Yep, yep. We're (laughs) like, oh, she's strutting her stuff. We see it, but the men don't. I hear that. Well, listen, we don't have time for any more of these quiz questions, but what I do recommend is that 
listeners, if you want to know more about what the questions are in this quiz, get in touch with Holly. Go to her website at hollymignosi.com forward slash hot 15 to get the download. And then if it feels resonant to have a consultation, I'm guessing that you have some kind of consultation option for people to reach out to her and find out more about how you can exercise body language to show up as an alpha woman in the world and to get what you want while having fun doing it, right? Yeah, that's right. Beautiful. All right. Well, listeners, we love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that listed in the show notes as well. Or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.